welcome to the Tune In with Marcy podcast, where we always know that being you takes so much courage. Where you're joined by me, host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, every week for eye-opening, deep, real talk conversations on connecting to our intuition, personal power, the universe, and creating authentic relationships with each other. I want you to get ready for practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning questions. You know what they are that keep keeping you up at night. Whether you're struggling with overcoming fear to follow your life's passion, or you're experiencing Groundhog Day with repeating unhealthy patterns, this podcast is for you, sensitive soul. So get ready to live your truth. A quick note. This podcast sometimes has adult language because these are adult conversations. So plan accordingly, whether that means turning it off when kids are around or using your earbuds and earphones. Now on to this week's episode. I can't wait for you to listen. Hello, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and this week we're exploring the exciting final topic in our four-part series on how intuition speaks with a focus on spirit guides. This is the first episode in the new year. Happy New Year, 2020. Can you believe it? We're in the 20s. It's kind of hard for me to believe, but here we are. And um, before we dive into this week's topic, I really wanted to talk about a popular topic very briefly around this time of the year, which is New Year's resolutions. I have some kind of strong feelings about this. Whether you set New Year's resolutions or not, I think a message that may be not really emphasized enough is that it's really important for each of us to tune into where we are individually and personally right now. So for example, around this time of the year, I often have like some little baby sparks of clarity, like little, little tiny baby sparks of, of, cl- of, clear- of clarity around what maybe 2020 is calling forth in me, but not usually a complete picture. This is kind of how it's been going for me for for many years after paying a lot of attention to it. Um, I didn't always operate that way. I used to kind of do a pretty robust um, planning and intentions and resolutions process, which, you know, had its purpose and was interesting. But what I discovered is for myself specifically, and I find this to be the case with others who may be paying more close attention to their body, the cycles of nature, that as we do that, then then at least has been the case for me, my mind and my body and my spirit align more and more and more each year with the cycle of nature. And where we are right now with the cycle of nature is we're in a time of winter We're just on the other side in the northern hemisphere of the winter solstice. And so now hours of daylight are just starting to return, just starting to increase. And in the same way, some light of my own personal awareness of what feels clear is um, 
starting to awaken and unveil itself, but it's not entirely clear. And it makes sense because nature really, for the most part, is still in a bit of a hibernation mode until we reach spring. So this might mean if you're feeling like me, that our psyche sees the possibility of spring and the budding that can happen at that time as we get closer to kind of maybe March and also feels the blanket of winter's hibernation so that what wants to emerge in our life is maybe not fully clear yet. And that is perfectly okay. Wonderful. Great. If you're not in that place and you're like, no, I have a completely clear picture. Awesome. Great. Go for it. I'm mainly saying this as a really important piece to just emphasize that it's really important to know where are we now? And this is part of this podcast for me, which is all about tuning in to yourself, tuning into yourself, tuning into your intuition, the wider intuitive world around you. But tuning into the subtle is really what we're talking about. And so you really want to notice where are you right now and and honor that wherever that is. Because if you're like me, then this is a time where maybe things, um, a good chunk of clarity is maybe still veiled from you. And there's intention for that because winter is a time of, you know, allowing energy to build and maybe bubble up. So yeah, that's just something I think that's important to say. Um, so what I've done, what that looks like for me the last couple of years is that at this time of the year, I, I do collect and acknowledge what does feel clear. I, I do tune in, um, and how that looks like for me is I generally do some card pulls cause I really like working with cards and I take that kind of guidance. I take what does feel clear and I allow what doesn't feel clear to have space to keep unfolding and I allow for some spaciousness. In other words, I don't force my clarity at this time of year. I just allow. I allow the clarity to slowly come in and build as I move towards um, spring. And that's generally what happens. My my own inner clock timeline doesn't tend to always sync up with the it's January, have all your clarity. Um, just doesn't work like that for me anymore. I don't know if it ever did, but at any rate, that's where we are. So yeah, this dovetails nicely, I think, into this week's topic about spirit guides and allowing ourselves to be guided versus trying to control the guidance we receive. So I'm going to talk about that more later in this episode, but let's start with a listener's question first, which I'm, I'm excited about. We're starting with a listener's question. Thank you so much, Jenna. Jenna asks, how do the concepts of intuition and spirit guides fit together? And is it important to be able to distinguish the difference between these types of guidance? <clears throat> first of all, great question, Jenna. Thank you so much for submitting it and taking the time to reflect that back. I think that probably... Many of you listening may have that same question in your mind. It's a question that I have gotten uh, pretty consistently in both my intuition courses as well as my one-on-one work. So 
For me personally, I see spirit guides as a subset of intuition, if we want to think about it in that way. In other words, the way I like to think of intuition is as a broad channel of often non-linear, spontaneous, non-rational information from a variety of unseen sources guiding us to our greatest good. So what do I mean by that? I mean that the information doesn't come from our analytical thinking mind. The information seems to come spontaneously in our minds as a sense of knowing without knowing why, um, and knowing that's emerging from our environments around us, uh, knowing that comes from signs and synchronicities in our dreams, in our meditations, etc. And uh, spirit guides can be one source of that guidance. That's pure guiding our path. It's, it's simply one source. Another source that you're likely referring to in your question, Jenna, is our own inner knowing, which you may be um, calling intuition. I don't... I, I use intuition broadly now because I think that sometimes, which dovetails into your next question, I think that sometimes it's not always clear where the information is coming from and also doesn't always matter. Um, you know, is this a guide versus my higher, wider self? Is this a guide versus my inner wisdom? So it doesn't matter whether our spirit guides versus our soul is the one delivering the message, I say no. It's more about does the message resonate? So I tend to focus less on sparsing out where I'm getting an intuitive message. You know, is this mine? Is this one of my guides? Is this mine? Is this my ancestor, etc.? I generally just, you know, unless I have a specific source and I know where it's coming from, if I have a general sense of information, I'm less focused on where's the messenger, who's the messenger, and more on does this resonate. So I get a piece of intuitive information or a sense of guidance, and then I check in and I notice, does this feel right and true in my body? Which in a sense is kind of checking in with my own spirit, but I do that less because I want to know whether the information is from quote unquote me or a guide, and more so to confirm that a piece of information is coming from intuition broadly and not from my head or you might say ego. I think so so much of our culture is centered on me and then that gets like a me, a me and I and I and so then that gets translated into the intuitive world and you know at the end of the day can I definitively say that some of the amazing intuitive um, inspirations I get are solely from my soul? No. <laughs> Can I say that it's only from a spirit guide? No. You know, we're veiled from some of these things. I can have some sense of it, but I think we have to have a little bit of humility um, in a healthy way to recognize that we're, we're veiled from a lot of this. And, 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 that's okay, and we, we, can, we can just acknowledge that. Let's just maybe focus instead on, does this resonate with my, my does this resonate as right and true in my body or, or not? So now that the question of intuition versus spirit guides is cleared up, let's go back to explore who are spirit guides and how do we know they are communicating with us? Who are spirit guides? My spirit guide taught, guides have taught me that 
we incarnate as humans as part of a wider team. So you can imagine that the person you, <laughs> you listener, <laughs> are alive and you're, you're embodied and you're kind of like the boots on the ground in a sense. You're in the trenches, you're running the show, you're implementing the plan, and you also have leadership to adjust the plan along the way as the project leader. And your spirit guides are kind of like an advisory board and team members. In other words, your path, your goals, and your intentions are not just your own, but rather also informed by, and most importantly, supported by a team of others on the other side. Or you could say in the unseen world, or you could say in the other world, however you want to refer to that. But that those those guides are are also a part of your life plan, um, however you want to think about it. They, they really are embedded in that. So you're really, when, when we kind of show up here, we're not really incarnating. Uh, I don't see it as like just individuals hanging out in the middle of nowhere, but rather as a part of a wider web of a team and then a wider web of, you know, life on earth in general, that interconnectedness. So I used to not believe in spirit guides. I was quite skeptical. I didn't even, um, I'm not sure I'd really learned formally about them, honestly, until I started having my first experiences with guides, which was an interesting experience. And it wasn't until I later was in a course about spirit guides that I recognized, oh, (laughs) that's who I've been communicating with this whole time. I'm not really sure. I think that in some sense, I knew that that's um, what slash who they were, but I guess I didn't formally think of them in that way. And that tends to be my learning process through my guides. I usually come to things kind of um, backwards as I talk about it, which I appreciate because then I experience something and I have a direct experience of things that then later I have the opportunity to name. And that has been really profound for me because it's it's led me to trust myself a lot. So um, I used to not believe in guides until I had some very real encounters with some in meditations and in dreams where intuitive insights and messages started to unfold and connect to real life in ways that I, you know, just couldn't deny. It was just uncanny. So um, one of the first times that I had uh, encounters like that with some, some of my first spirit guides, I had a meditation experience where a spirit guide gave me a feather in the meditation um, and this is, this meditation experience was in my inner vision. I had no idea what this meant, what this feather was. They had kind of done this interesting, um, I guess you could say like ceremonial experience or something right before they, they handed me this feather. Um, I guess a part of me thought, well, I love birds, so I guess it would make sense to give me a feather. I wasn't sure. Um, and then about a week later, while I was hiking, I was um, intuitively sensed to go on a path that I had not hiked on before, a direction I had not hiked on before. And I found this really beautiful giant um, feather poking straight out of the hiking path, like as if someone literally had stuck it in the ground and placed it there. It was pretty uncanny. 
And I immediately knew in that moment that the feather was for me. Um, so I walked up to it. And then as I looked at it, I discovered that the feather looked uncannily like the feather that was in my meditation. So then that was even more, more kind of confirmation for me. Like, okay, I, I think, I think this is kind of like a wink, you know, from this, these guides on the other side saying, uh-huh, you know, we are really communicating to you and yes, take this feather. About another two weeks later, after I returned from this trip where I'd been hiking, um, one of my mentors, I got, I got on a session with one of my mentors and she, before we could even talk about my trip, she asked me, um, about a guide that was coming through to her, a spirit who was coming through to her that was asking about this feather, which was, I mean, just made the hair on my arm stand up because (laughs) I hadn't said anything about the feather. So I got the feather and, um, and then again, you know, through these series of synchronicities, Later, I ended up getting asked to do a house clearing, and then I ended up getting asked to do, like, hired to do several house clearings, and it and it ended up being that um, a, the spirit guide that gave me this feather over time taught me how to do house clearings with this feather, and that's why I was gifted it, um, amongst some other reasons. So that's just one story I have. I have. Um, many that have been uncanny like that. I'm very grateful for them because I do tend to have a skeptical mind, which I think is healthy. It's healthy to have some level of skepticism. And gratefully, my guides have been really gracious. And I find that guides will do this with those of us who are more skeptical because of our social conditioning and because of some healthy level of skepticism. Um, that sometimes they will be really loving, patient, and generous with us in helping us recognize um, when we can really trust messages. And um, so that that was, I think, a really big turning point for me in starting to believe that, okay, maybe there really is something to, you know, having guides, energies on the other side guiding us. So broadly speaking, spirit guides can be any spirit being energy in the unseen realm providing guidance in alignment with our highest good. This can include angels, teachers, masters, you know, um, beings or energies or people who, you know, used to be incarnated and are no longer now in a body who have mastered certain subjects. Um, well, ancestors could be animals, plants, nature, elements, archetypal energies. I mean, there's a, it's pretty broad what can be on the other side communicating with us is the best way I can say it. Um, sometimes these guiding energies pop in to support us on a specific task. So you may have a, for example, topical guide that comes in to work with you on a specific task or project. Um, And other times there are guides that may be with us for years and others may just be with us for our entire life path. I've had some clients, for example, that have um, specific guides that have, that they recognize once they finally um, kind of connect to them uh, more clearly through our work together, they recognize, oh, this is a guide that I have, had with me since I was a child and they recognize some encounters, whether it's their dreams or maybe their sight 
like their sight was actually stronger when they were a kid and then they turned it off later and they recognized that that guide was with them the whole time but they had maybe tuned them out at different points and it kind of comes full circle for them so I often get asked the question then can spirit guides change over time the answer is yes they can change you know just like if you were on a team and um, maybe there's different needs for different capacities or guidance or uh, maybe you've completed certain life lessons soul lessons and uh, now you're ready for the next set and so a new team may come in and sometimes they can stay the same so we don't I don't think we really need to get caught up on that I generally recommend also people don't get caught up in needing to connect to a specific type of guide at first and and instead explore who's already supporting you on your team who's already supporting you in your life and focus on nurturing those relationships first Hey there, I hope you are enjoying this week's episode so far. I have a couple requests for you. First, if you're loving the podcast so far, great. I'm really happy to hear that. And I would love to hear from you by having you submit your burning questions or topics you'd love for me to dive into and you're really passionate about. You can submit your questions and topics to the podcast by heading over to my website, marcymoberg.com forward slash podcast. That's Marcy Moberg, M-A-R-C-I-M-O-B-E-R-G.com forward slash podcast. I also have the link um, in the show notes below, wherever you're listening to your episode. You just scroll to the bottom of that page of the podcast page on my site, and then you click submit your questions. I take every submission seriously, for real, I do. (laughs) And as you can see, Not only do I take them seriously, as in consider them, I actually answer listener questions, including this one right now on this episode. So I'd love to answer your questions you have about living a life in tune with your truth, your feelings, your intuition, and the obstacles you face to staying in tune as you move throughout your life. So again, if you have a question, you have a topic you'd love to see, head on over to marcymoberg.com forward slash podcast and click submit your questions at the bottom of the page. Second, if you are loving the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could share the podcast with a friend, family member, or someone you know who would love it as well. My work over the years has been spread primarily by word of mouth and referrals, which I'm really, really grateful for because that means that I have got to, I've gotten the opportunity to work with and found a community of people that I really resonate with. This usually means that people who follow my work, um, join my classes and take the deep dive into deep dive one-on-one work with me are as psyched as I am about it, which is, I mean, a dream come true, right? (laughs) So help share the podcast and benefits that you receive from my work by sharing my podcast with others. It's free and it's a really great way to give back to what I'm doing and to this project. P.S. Are you on my newsletter? That is the best way to stay up to date 
with what's happening with my work and for you to be the first to know about some exciting opportunities coming up in this year, 2020, to join some online workshops, courses, and more that I'm going to be announcing very soon. Uh, Again, links for that are in the show notes as well. um, And that's a great way to be able to stay in touch. It's also a great way to know when new episodes are dropping of the podcast because I usually send a special note out to my newsletter and sometimes some bonus content. So thanks again for listening and let's get back to this week's episode. How do we know that spirit guides are speaking to us? We can start to notice subtle ways our guides are speaking to us through dreams. For example, if you haven't listened to episode five on dreams that I did, I recommend you make time to listen to that episode. It's super juicy, has a lot of information and a lot of great tips. It's also one of my most listened to episodes so far. There's a link to that in the show notes. Our guides can also show up to us through meditations. That's another place I find that people discover that their their guides are speaking to them. Some people may mistake, for example, images that come into their mind as their wandering imagination when perhaps the images you are receiving are actually messages from your guides. Uh, This is something I discovered spontaneously many years ago when I had my first experience with spirit guides and I had no idea that that's what they were. I intuitively had this sense that perhaps the images that were coming to me were not just mental chatter, but perhaps were something more. And that little inkling and kind of pulling the string of that over time helped me realize that I actually was receiving messages through the images that came into my mind. And it it, it fundamentally changed my meditation practice because instead of just trying to clear my mind all the time, I actually started working with some of what was coming in and learning how to discern when do I need to clear the mind and when do I actually need to receive. So yeah, if you have a if you have some kind of like a you feel like you're a wandering imagination or you have a busy mind uh, with some discernment, you can really actually maybe recognize that some of what you re- may be receiving, uh, depending on your state, your emotional state, that's important, could be connected to spirit guides. We can also receive guidance from our spirit guides through hunches, uh, those gut feelings that people talk about, those moments when we sense a wider inner voice in a difficult moment through signs and synchronicities. You, you can, for signs and synchronicities, you can also check out the last episode, which was episode seven. Um, also really juicy. I shared a lot of really great stuff um, on that episode. In, in other words, we have a lot of different channels through which our spirit guides can speak to us. Sometimes... Even an inspiring stranger that you meet on the street may just say the right thing. Or, you know, they may not even seem inspiring at the moment, but they say the right thing and somehow it strikes you and something clicks in your mind. I think of those also as spirit guide moments. Like your guides are lovingly using the voice of another human here incarnate um, as your messenger. I also like to encourage people not to get caught up in the who 
I think that in the new age spiritual community, I, I don't even know what to call it, but anyways, there's, I think a lot of people get really caught up in, in who they're connecting to and, um, you know, passing judgments on themselves or other people based on who they're connecting to. Honestly, it's, it's more of, is the guidance I'm receiving helping me grow and expand and ultimately be a better person and more aligned with my truth? Like that, that's what matters. It's less about the messenger and the mind can play a lot of tricks. So Sometimes, you you know, the mind can play tricks on you <laughs> and you may think you're connecting to a specific kind of energy or some, I don't know, great being. And, and maybe it's like uh, your one of your ancestors on the other side knows that that's the best way to get through to you. And that if they were the ones that showed up to you, that then you wouldn't trust it or you wouldn't believe it or maybe you wouldn't even give it the same amount of weight. So don't get caught up in the who. Um, don't get caught up in like needing to have the who be like really, really specific. I do think it's important to have names that you're working with and a sense of being able to have energies not hide themselves because if something is just like in the human plane, if something in the unseen plane, which is really, I think, here with us as well, running parallel, starts to get tricky on you and to hide and not tell you their name or not reveal who they are, um, you, you wouldn't build a human relationship with someone like that. So you really want to walk parallel with how you would build relationships with guides. That, I think, could be a whole other episode. And probably in the future, I'll do something about that because I'm pretty passionate about discernment. But I just kind of placemark that there for you. Because I often find that spirit guides will disguise themselves, um, for example, in people's dream time as a person they already know today. Maybe it's a friend or a family member. It doesn't. It's, it could actually be someone even who's living, and or just an ordin, uh, otherwise ordinary person in in a dream, like a check it, checkout person at a counter. And when you go back and you actually reflect on that dream upon closer look you might recognize that there was actually a very poignant, important message in the words um, or actions in that dream that unfolded. And this is our spirit guide's way of creating comfort for us to receive the guidance they want us to receive. So some of actually my toughest messages I have received from quote unquote ordinary people in my dream time or people who are friends um, in this plane of existence because there's a certain level of like my guard being down and not questioning, I think, when I'm in the dream time and that happens. So it works really well. And so I know it's kind of like this cheeky thing that I know now when my guides do that, that I, I can kind of go, oh, okay, got it. And then in waking life, um, in my meditations or something, they may make it more clear about kind of, uh, who delivered the message or what the message was about. But that's just a little side note about who, like not getting caught up on the who if the, yeah, just don't get caught up in it. Okay, finally, let's talk about how control versus allowing 
um, is a really important beginning beginning point when we're talking about the how. We're talking about the how to connect with guides. When people ask me how to connect with spirit guides, I can teach them a lot of different methods. So whether you were to take a course with me in the future or you were to do some one-on-one work with me or to join you know, um, a short workshop or something, I have a lot of methods that I teach people. I think that each of us may receive and connect to guides in different ways. So I like to teach a lot of different methods. But however, regardless of the methods that you're the method that you're working with, they'll only be supportive if you have practiced the art of allowing versus controlling um, messages and guidance coming in. So over the years of working with others, on opening up to their intuition and the intuitive nature of life, I have seen people get really caught up in trying to control and force guidance versus allowing guidance. And I, I totally get this. I mean, I have absolutely been there. When we're in sticky situations, you just want to have clarity. So sometimes we can get really demanding about that. So if you're feeling really stuck around something and you'd love to have clarity or Maybe you're in a really difficult valley in your path of life, you know, metaphorically, and you'd love to have a, a helping hand. That The helping hand is always there, but in both of these scenarios and, and others as well, our spirit guides can support us, but we have to really get out of the way first for them to do that. And that requires us to let go of a certain amount of control And also underneath that, some expectations, mainly around, I would say, timing and outcome and all those things that when we're kind of moved into a constricted controlling place, we really, really, really want to have a message come through in a certain timeline, a message come through in a certain way, you know, parentheses, expectations, (laughs) Um, and that can really get in the way. So whether the guidance coming through is from our very own soul spirit or one of the, one of our guides, there is a greater perspective that we are not able to access when we have shifted into a controlling, forcing, pushing, pressuring, give me all the answers now, please. Like we are constricted in that place. We are often usually, you could say ego, mind, survival, our conditioning, you name it, driven. And so we don't have the wider perspective. And a lot of times we may not have access to it. So intuition's timing with information is really wise. I, I, I always emphasize that to people. Intuition's timing is really wise with information. And sometimes uh, <laughs> feels very puzzling to the ego, the human, the thinking, the younger, the surviving parts of ourselves. So there's kind of can be this paradoxical mismatch, which is why it takes practice, I would say, to allow. So that when you inevitably end up in the point of time where you want an answer, you want clarity, you want support, that you can remember, okay, actually what's going to support me is not trying to force an answer, but allowing, and let me have a little bit of faith, trust in both myself and, and in the wider web of 
support and guidance that's supporting me. I love to remind people that silence, a lack of guidance or partial guidance or some fuzziness at times can be precisely the answer we need. It may not be the answer we want, but silence is, is, is an answer. I often find that when our guides are silent, they're actually asking us to receive and integrate what they've already given us or honestly to slow down. Like, slow down is the message. I'm not giving you more information until you slow down. Slow down. Ground down. Um, Come back to earth. (laughs) Get out of your worrying and your anxiety and your spinning. And, you know, with lots of love and compassion, it's like your guides are are asking you to slow down. And that that can be really frustrating to the human side of us, understandably so. I mean, the, the number of times I've been there where I'm like, okay, I'm done with the silence. I'd like an answer. But forcing an answer doesn't work. I actually find that it just creates more silence because intuition is really wise, patient, sensitive, knows that, um, and that includes our guides. Our guides know that the timeline that they're working on, on a spirit level, on a greater, uh, maybe wider perspective level than the human side is, is different. It's different. And oftentimes in those moments where we're constricted, it's much wiser. So this can make us impatient, we could say, at the least. And so we can practice the art of allowing in a moment like that by soothing the impatient part of us. And soothing takes practice. It takes practice through helping healthy coping mechanisms and learning how to rev our nervous system down. And a lot of times that, you know, I tell people a lot of times really the place to start is where I just said earlier that I really think our guides are inviting us into, which is slowing down, literally slowing down. Like if you're walking physiologically slowing down, if you're doing multitasking, literally physiologically, like slowing down your mental process and not, not multitasking in that moment. Um, if you're speaking quickly, like slowing down, you're speaking a little bit, it's just slowing down. Slowing down can be really profound at, at soothing the nervous system. So we can practice the art of allowing by twofold. One, we need to care for the human side of us by soothing that impatient part of us and, and practicing healthy coping mechanisms. And then the other side is to give gratitude, uh, which is more of like, I would say, a spirit side of us. We're connecting to the spirit side when we can, we can access gratitude. Gratitude for what we do know that's important. You hear what I said? Like gratitude for what we do not, not gratitude for the problem, not gratitude for the suffering, not gratitude for those things. That is, um, too much of a stretch and sometimes things just suck. So that's not what I'm suggesting because I would consider that by a form of bypassing. It's rather gratitude for what we do know. So if we're feeling it, we're in a sticky moment and we want clarity, it's like, okay, well, what do I know? rather than focusing on what, worrying about what I don't know. Okay, so art of allowing. Soothe the impatient part of you through healthy coping mechanisms, which generally means um, tending to your nervous system. Then when you feel like you've tended to that nervous system, maybe you have a little more spaciousness to give gratitude for what you do know. 
If you don't know what that is, make a list. Write what you do know, not what you don't know. At least not in that sensitive moment. That can be a really strong anchoring. And then you can maybe exhale a little bit or have a little bit of a softening to then allow and not try to shift into maybe an auto response of control. So if you want to start connecting with your guides, learn how to develop a state of allowing more than controlling. You can reflect on this in a journal, you know, talking it out with yourself in a voice memo on the phone or with a trusted loved one. Consider the following kind of questions as guides. How often do you try to control the guidance that comes in and outcomes of the universe or your guides? versus allowing. So how often do you try to control guidance, force guidance, pressure guidance? In other words, what is your relationship to controlling versus allowing on your path? That question alone, if you reflect on that, I think can be so profound and so healing. It sounds so simple, but it is a question that I have reflected on multiple times on my path and reveals multiple layers because spiritual and healing paths are by nature um, moving in a spiral and they're like an onion, they're multiple layered. And so we can move deeper and deeper into different layers of awareness. Don't discard good questions, by the way, as a side note, never discard good questions. Good questions that serve you now, honestly, they can serve you like one, two, three, 10, five, 50 years later. Um, sometimes the simplest questions can be the best spiritual teachers. Once we have more awareness about our relationship to controlling and allowing, okay, we're like, we got more of a sense of that. How do we allow some more? We, we stop trying to force answers and we decide and intend to be open to our guides. We recognize that our spirit guides can only help us. They can only help us if we ask for their support and instruction. This seems simple. I mean, it is simple. What do I want to say? What do I want to say about this? I want to say that um, what I mean is that because it's simple, it's easily forgotten. And I'm speaking for myself here. The number of times that I have caught myself and gone, wait a minute, why have I not asked for support around this? (laughs) Duh, I'm getting frustrated around the fact that I'm not having any guidance on something and I'm struggling, but I haven't actually asked for support and instruction, so let me do that. Um, This is why free will exists after all. So the more we exercise that free will and we say, hello, spirit guides, I will acknowledge you exist and I am really ready to receive your support and your instruction um, the more that they can come in. So how we can do that is make a regular practice of starting our day and saying maybe a prayer out loud or an intention or writing a letter to our spirit guides, whatever feels most supportive to you. But it's uh, instead of what I would like to suggest Instead of those kind of like metaphorical 911 red phone, I'm totally overwhelmed, spiraling out moments of I don't know what to do, and then trying to call on your guides, 
I instead recommend you develop a relationship with your guides like you would a healthy relationship with another person, which is that you build your support system on a consistent basis. And how that looks like for me and the people I work with that I recommend is on a daily basis. The form of what that looks like can be your own, but daily is really, I think, important, especially at the beginning. But honestly, I've been working with my guides for years now, and I still on a daily basis, and often multiple times a day, um, kind of like reconnect with an intention. So you can do that by a couple ways. Give, give, start it at the very first. I would say give gratitude for their presence and support that's both known and unknown. You have had a lot of support in your life, whether you realize it or not, in the unseen realm that is, I don't like to talk about it, honestly, as a realm, because I think that it's here with us. It's not some far off place. But anyways, sometimes it's helpful to talk about in that way so that our brains can wrap our minds around it. And we have a lot of support. We don't do things alone. That is um, such an illusion. We don't. We don't do things alone. I really, really, truly believe that. So I think it's really powerful and important and humbling. And um, yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge that relationship from that side, to to give gratitude for our guide's presence and uh, the support that they've given us, whether we know it or not. And maybe declare that you are open to their guidance and their sacred instruction. So you're like, thank you so much for, like, thanks for being. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for um, what I've, what I know has happened, and maybe you name them, and what I, what I don't even know. I know that, that there's been a lot of orchestration on the other side. Thank you for that. And I'm, I'm open now to having a more intentional relationship. I'm open to your guidance. I'm open to your sacred instruction. Um, and intend throughout the day then, once you've kind of, opened that channel to notice when you are trying to control and see if you can let go. And the moments when you're getting really kind of starting to get sticky into control, again, go back to self-soothing, the controlling part of you, and intend to stay open. And then when you do notice guidance and messages and nudges you receive along the way, acknowledge them. Acknowledge them. Um, That's really important. So often we kind of like take something and then we like run with it. We don't even pause to say, thank you. We say, thanks, bye. And we kind of like run on to the next thing because we have so much to do. Pause and acknowledge. Pause and acknowledge. It's really important. You wouldn't treat a person like that. I don't know. Well, maybe you would, but don't, okay? Don't. Don't treat spirits, beings, energies, or people like that. Acknowledge how they support you. Okay. Tiny note about um, the fact that not all spirits, beings, energies that want to communicate with us are in alignment with our well-being and our highest good. They're not. I'm not part of the uh, the love and light only crew. I'm just not, I'm just going to tell you like, that is not my experience of this universe and this plane of existence. That's not how it works. Um, Just like there are humans that are not well, 
and not aligned with our good, and for a lot of reasons that can be the case, I also think there can be spirits, beings, and energies that are also not aligned with our good, that could be tricky, that can be confusing. So that's important. So we need to be discerning about how we connect with guides. And I don't have time in this episode to really go into that. I think it's something I might do in the future. You can let me know by submitting a question if this is a topic you'd like me to explore more. But at any rate, I think it's really important at least to have an awareness of discernment. And that's why it's always a good idea to check in and notice if the guidance is loving. Um, Is it loving? Is it supportive? Does it feel true in your very own body? Um, Going back to what I said in the last episode about signs and synchronicities, is there any triangulation or repetition of information? Those are really great pieces to check in and to to notice with the discernment. My experience is that um, guides that are really supportive for us are not demanding they're not pushy. I mean, it's, again, comes back to human beings. What kind of relationship do you want to cultivate with human beings? What is abusive? What is not abusive? Um, similarly, take it into the spirit realm. Don't work with people with uh, energies that are demanding. No, that's not in alignment with our highest good. Make an intention to only connect with guidance that is in alignment with your well-being and highest good. And then trust that that's what will come to you. And if along the way um, things don't feel good, don't intend to connect to that guidance and ask for that connection to be closed. Say like, no thanks, not available for that. Just like, you know, you would with a human. Oh, the parallels that exist between human boundaries and psychic boundaries. That is definitely an episode I'm going to do in the future. Okay, that's all for now on this topic on spirit guides. And it concludes this four-part series on how intuition speaks to us. What do you want me to explore next? I really, really would love to know. I have a, um, I have a lot of ideas, really. But I'd love to know what you're most excited about next. So you can send me your suggestions at marcymobert.com forward slash podcast. Like I said, scroll to the bottom of the page, click submit your question, and uh, I can't wait to read them. And I look forward to joining you for our next exciting topic at Tune In with Marcy in two weeks. Until then, thank you so much for listening and much love. Happy 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love. Bye.